so welcome back to another episode of the PH Diversity Podcast. So you've finally gotten your job post-graduation, and it's this amazing pit stop on the way to eventually getting that PhD, right? So now the next question is, what is the most effective way that I can use this time? (laughs) I know that's the main question that was on my head during my two years off from school. What could I possibly do during these off years to help make my application as competitive as possible? Well, that's what this episode hopes to answer. Okay, so answer may be a bit too ambitious of a word. So I guess a better way to phrase it is that this episode hopes to provide you with some guidance on how to best approach this time off of school. That makes sense? We good? Okay, cool. Let's go. So the first thing I would advise during this time is take a break. I cannot emphasize this enough. College is hard. Starting a new job is hard. If you've moved, moving is hard. Applying to grad school and being in grad school is hard. So this is kind of like a moment of pause, a brief moment of reprieve, right? You can actually enjoy your evenings. You can enjoy your weekends because it's not always something to do outside of the nine to five. I mean, I can't begin to tell you how hashtag shook I was when I found out how much free time I had when no one expected me to work on weekends, right? I mean, I realize I don't really like working a nine to five. I like having control over my schedule and my job helped me realize that I am probably really unsuited for any type of job with a regimented working schedule. I learned that about myself. But (laughs) yes, working on weekends is annoying, but I like the freedom in deciding my own schedule, right? This is a bit of a tangent, but my first thing is say, just enjoy the fact that you have a job, right? Take a month two, three, five, six, I don't care how long, but just have some time when you're just like, nah, I'm just going to do my job. I'm going to come home and I'm a chill. That's it. I'm not going to worry about grad school or this whole thing. Nah, just chill. You deserve it. You've worked so, so, so hard, right? And I could go on and on and on about the importance of rest and self-care, especially if you follow me on any form of social media, I feel like that's all I talk about. But I will spare you that tangent for now and actually focus on some things you can be doing to help prepare after you take the necessary space to care for yourself, okay? Very important. So broadly, when I think about doing things you can do to prepare, I think it's helpful to think about what you're doing to prepare in three different domains. At work, outside of work, and internally, with the caveat that these domains are highly interchangeable and they all influence each other. But when I was sitting down and drafting this episode, it seemed like the best way I could organize my thoughts in this, right? So within the domain of work, the first thing you can do, and maybe the most obvious, is doing your job well, right? You got this job in order to hone your research skills. You got there because you either wanted to learn a new technique or learn more about working with a specific population or learn more managerial positions, what have you, whatever it is. Point is, you apply for this job for a reason to gain some skills and make sure you're actually putting in the time to learn those skills. Yes, this job is a pit stop on your way to getting a PhD, but still also milk good for what it's worth. Also see it as a valuable endeavor in and of itself, both because, you know, it's good to be a good employee and also because, you know, this person may probably write, not probably, this person will will most likely write one of your letters of recommendation for grad school. So you want to make sure you're doing a good job at work so they have a good recommendation to give you, right? 
So do your job well. So yes, you're there to do your job well. So in addition to doing your jobs well, you also want to find some ways to show some initiative outside of just doing your job, right? So that is if your advisor, not your advisor, if your PI regularly goes to any conferences, see if like, you know, you can get a little freedom to like analyze some data on your own and present your own poster at a conference. Um, if you're able or interested or have the time, see if maybe you could write a little paper. And this is both seeing whatever your advisor, sorry, this is both seeing whatever your advisor slash PI has going on and get involved with that. But also don't be afraid to take initiative if you're able and willing and have the freedom to, right? I feel like this also really depends on the PI and your position. Maybe some doesn't afford that freedom. Maybe there's just too much going on in order for you to think about that um, intellectual freedom, and that's fine. But if you have some breathing room, consider doing it, right? I got a few presentations during my post-bac years and also one publication. And even further than that, if you have the freedom, maybe consider running your own little mini study, right? That's something I did during my time off that I thought was very valuable, and I'm actually finishing up the analyses, the... I won't get into details, but that's something I did, and I'm hoping to have the paper out on that study drafted by the end of this year, which will be very exciting. So those are sort of like, you know, the basic things you can do at your job, right? Do your job well, get involved with research. If you're able to show some initiative and like pursue your own sort of studies or papers or presentations, do that. So in addition to those lines on your CVs that I talked about before, Another important thing you can do in this time, which also kind of ties into the internal work aspect of this, is really sitting down and reflecting on what mentorship styles work for you, right? So depending on your undergraduate experience, perhaps you worked with a variety of different grad students and PIs because you jumped between labs, or maybe your experience was more like me, where you just kind of stayed in one lab for as long as you possibly could. So then, you know, graduating and working in this different lab post-graduation is the first time you've actually experienced another mentorship style. Regardless of how many different mentors you've had, I think this is a very good and important time to sit down and be like, between all the different mentors I've had, what were the skills, what were the, what did I like and not like about that experience? Did I like having a mentor that was more hands-on? Did I like more hands-off? Did I like a more personal relationship, a more strictly professional relationship? Just all those different things this is a time where you should really pause and think about this. And as I said, it ties into the internal work, but yeah. So broad summary. Here, you're working on your CV lines, doing your job well, both because you want to learn these skills and also to get a good letter of recommendation. If you're able to, working on any papers or presentations. Again, if you're able to, maybe launching your own little mini study and also being like, how do I work with this person I'm working with? And what do I like? Do I not like? Would I want a mentor similar to them in grad school? Would I want a mentor that's slightly different than them? These are things to start thinking about. So outside of job, things I would say are very important to do this time is first, rest. I'm not going to shut up about this. You should be resting and investing in yourself as much as possible at during this time because it gets harder in grad school. And I would say another in addition in addition to resting, another very important part is developing a good self-care routine. I can talk about self-care more in depth later. That could be its own episode of like 
I won't get into the details of that. But the point is, I find that it's for me, I found it, I found that it was easier for me to enter grad school with an established self-care routine and just tweaking it versus trying to build one from scratch in grad school because grad school is a lot and it just keeps on increasing and getting more and more a lot as you go through it. So you want to enter in there with a good foundation of making sure you aren't investing in yourself all the time because I am telling you grad school will take it out of you especially if you are an underrepresented student that's listening to this, a first gen student, a not wine student, not white student, a low income student. Bro, these institutions are not made for us and they will drain you in a way they don't drain your privileged colleagues. I'm just saying that that's a fact. So you want to make sure you're entering the space with as much in your toolkit as possible. And I see this post back years is a very, very important and crucial time to build that up. So yeah, rest, develop a self-care routine. <laughs> so then in addition to that, um, obviously after you've taken your few months off, start studying for the GRE and doing applications. And considering that everyone has just discovered racism and everything with the pandemic, I'm not sure how important the GRE will be going forward. It seems departments seem to be talking, but I'm just speaking from my experience. Honestly, use this time, study for the GRE and work on your applications. Another thing I would say is consider taking the psychology GRE. It's similar to when we took the SAT where it's like, you know, a subject test. Only some programs require it, not all, but I personally took it the first available date after I graduated from college. That way all the knowledge was still fresh. It is not a test to scale. It's just a simple multiple choice test with just all the basic information. So that's something I would say, put that on your radar and consider doing that sooner rather than later. So outside of resting the GRE, um, another thing I could say during this time is you could also start broadly looking at programs and researchers who works interest you. You don't have to do this as intensely as you will during the actual year that you apply, but it could still be helpful to get a good lay of the land, the good lay of the land. And this also ties into um, something I wish I did if I had known going back is keeping up with the research in the field and the topics you're actually interested in. I did not do that at all. And I really wish I did because I felt like my first year of grad school is playing catch up by reading all the new research and theories and stuff that interested me, right? Because, because okay, for me, I was working in a mindfulness lab, right? So for two years, I was just reading research on mindfulness, conducting research on mindfulness, presenting projects on mindfulness. I was, I knew everything that was happening in a mindfulness, right? But that was good for like where I was at the time. But mindfulness, I mean, while I do meditate from time to time, that's not my research interest or area at all, right? So I wish I had, you know, taken a time maybe every other day to make sure that I read an article that a new article that came up within cultural psychology or was reading like, you know, the theories that really inform my research now, like, oh, I know, I vaguely know about intersectionality, but maybe I should read a book on that now or critical race theory or black psychology, et cetera, et cetera. I felt like during my grad, my first year, and even now, I still feel like I'm playing a bit of catch up in reading all these articles that I wish I had taken the time to read when I had more time to. So learn from my mistakes in that. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be a lot, right? It can be like an article a week, an article every other day, just the abstracts, but just something. So that way once you enter grad school, you're not like 
Oh, shit. Oh, sorry. I probably shouldn't cuss on this. Sorry. Okay. Okay, so you're good. Before we head on to the internal work you should be doing. So just as a little recap here, you should be resting, investing in yourself, developing a self-care routine, um, maybe vaguely start thinking about programs and researchers that interest you, staying up with the literature and the area of psychology and feel that you're interested in and consider taking the psychology GRE. And if you do decide to do that, do that sooner rather than later. And then of course, once application year comes, take the GRE and apply. But those are things we'll talk about more in depth in a different episode. So finally, the last area you should be working or thinking on during these post-back years is a lot of what I say internal work. I kind of tapped on this a little bit when I was talking about um, what you should be doing in work, but how do you like working? What mentorship style do you wish you had? Do you like having a boss that's more micromanaging, that's really like reading over everything you've done and asking for a lot of deliverables? Do you prefer having more freedom and independence to just like, you know, do what you want? So thinking about that, what, like, how do you work best? And also what type of advisor you think would mesh well for you so that way you could work your best, right? And I think this isn't very good to think about because like, you know, these are things that will help you in applying to grad school. Well, maybe not the actual application itself, but it'll help you when you go to interviews and you start talking to current grad students at the person you're working with. And they can be like, oh, you can be like, what is it like to work with this person? And they can tell you and you can be like, oh, yes, that sounds like someone I want to work with. Or, oh, no, I had an advisor like that. That does not work for me. Right. So it's just something you should be consciously aware of during this time. Another question you should ask yourself is, do you still want to go to grad school? I don't mean this as shade at all, but you know, it's possible that having the space and time to reflect will help you realize that maybe you didn't want to go to grad school, or maybe you do want to go to grad school, but mm, you don't want to do that whole PhD thing, maybe like an MSW or a LMFT, yeah, licensed marriage family therapist may be better for you, or maybe you want a society or just whatever it is, but it could feel like you're on this path for some time and when you have the space to step back and think, maybe you realize you don't really want it. Or on the flip side, you may be like, oh no, I am very committed. I do want this. But take the time to ask yourself that question and there's no shame in that answer, right? I know my coworker, he realized, he also majored in psychology. He thought I was going to go to a PhD program and he realized, no, actually, I don't want anything to do with psychology. And right now he is in law school, right? So don't be afraid to think and really reflect and be like, do I want to do this? Do I want it? Do I really want to do this? Do I not? There's no shame. Just take time to really ask yourself that. Another thing you can do is think about your story. Think about your trajectory. This is something that will become more critical during your actual application year, but you can start thinking about it more broadly now, right? It can be in the back of your head. What is your driving force? Why do you want to get a PhD in psychology? What is a way you could link all the skills and experience you've gained into something coherent? This is stuff I'll talk about later, but maybe it's something to start thinking about at this point. Another thing you can also consider doing during this time is applying for fellowships, right? So I am currently a National Science Foundation graduate research fellow, which sounds wild to say, but this is actually my second time applying. You can only apply once when you're in grad school, either your first year or your second year. And I can talk about this whole process 
later on. We're not going to get into the weeds with it. But I also applied for it before I entered grad school because I'm like, well, I get it. And then I have it when I enter or I don't get it. And I learn how I can improve on it and apply again when I get into grad school, which is what I did. And now I have it. Right. And, and I feel like in addition to just like giving you that experience, it shows a lot of initiative, right? Because I went to my interviews being like, I have thought up a whole research project and I could talk about that with the professors I was interviewing. And it shows that like, you know, I had initiative because like you're doing it on your own. I mean, I admittedly had the help of a grad student who was amazing, Katie, shout out to you, I love you. But, you know, it's not like I had, it's not like I was going to my PI in the lab every day and having him look over it all the time. Like, you know, it was very internally motivated. It's not like my program was like, oh, you have to do this. It was just me being like, you know what, I'm going to apply for this. So it shows initiative and it also gives you something to talk about at interviews when professors are like, oh, what is a project you wish you could design? What's something you wish you could study? Like, you could be like, ah, I've already thought about this in depth and then just go off. So that's something to think about. No pressure if you don't want to do it at all, but I just want to plant that little seed in your head just in case. So we're pretty much at the end of the episode here of how to kind of use these post-back years, like a guidance or things to keep in mind, right? So overall, and the main thing I want to emphasize, and I'm sure I've emphasized throughout, is that this is a time to rest and reflect. Like, yes, obviously you're still working at your job, but you have weekends off, you have evenings, you have so much free time. And it's not that constant guilt of, oh, I should be working. No, like you're free, right? So enjoy that feeling rest as much as you can invest in yourself as much as you can if you're someone that likes to travel travel as much as you can do all of that and then in addition to just the replenishing yourself aspect of it do lots of reflection on what you want to do what works for you what doesn't work for you and what types of research questions you find yourself most interested in if you're able, not if you're able, I really do suggest this because as I said, I'm trying to make sure you learn from my mistakes. Keep up on the readings in the field of your interest. And this is especially important if you, like me, are working in a lab that has nothing to do with what you actually want to research, right? So do that. Try and keep up with the research. And consider taking the psychology GRE sooner rather than later even if it's going to be some time before you actually begin the application cycle, because I think your scores are good for five years. Again, I do have the caveat that I'm not sure how relevant any of my advice regarding the GRE is, but just in case it stays relevant, there it is. But yeah, so thanks for sticking around for this episode. And I hope this was helpful in providing a little bit of guidance on how to approach this outside of just you know, working and applying to grad school because there is more to do during, you know, your post-vac years than just working and applying to grad school. No, this is a time for rest and reflection and personal growth as well. And I just really want to highlight that as well. Okay, so thanks for listening and I'll be back next week. Bye.